0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 16 of Subspace Communique's Life After Trek. I'm your host, Chris, or Captain Pike. With me, as always, is Charity.
1: A.K.A. Crewman Becky. Hi, hi.
0: So tonight's episode is a pretty special one. We have have Rod Roddenberry, Eugene Rod Roddenberry, with us tonight. Rod's here to talk about his new upcoming uh, documentary, Trek Nation, uh, but we also get to talk about uh, other things happening with Roddenberry Productions, uh, the Roddenberry Foundation, and the Roddenberry Dive Team. We'd like to thank Rod for spending time with us. Uh, He was an excellent guest, and you guys are totally going to dig this episode. If you guys would like to learn more about uh, Trek Nation, of course you can hit their website. That's uh, treknationmovie.com. But like I said, you're going to dig this episode, and be sure and stay tuned. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Uh, tonight we have a very special guest on Life After Trek. Uh, you could say that he's a part of the Star Trek royal family, uh, but we'd like to give a warm welcome to Eugene Rod Roddenberry. Hey, Rod, thanks for joining us.
2: Hey, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you.
0: Yeah, totally. This is, this is really cool. Uh, of course, we want to talk about Trek Nation and for you guys out there. Trek Nation is going to premiere November thirtieth on Science. Now,
2: first, I got to ask though. Sure. I know I'm interrupting you, and I apologize. No, but go I'm right gonna, ahead. Life after Trek. Yep. You're making it sound like you know Trek, Trek is gone. <laughs> no. I no. Know it's life after Trek, but it sounds like you know life after Trek. What do you do when it's not here anymore?
0: Yeah. Well, the idea for us for, for this was to talk to former Star Trek cast and crew and see what their life has been like after Trek. Okay. So <laughs> got, it,
2: got it. So it's not about. Everyone else's life after Trek, it's it's what our lives are like after Trek.
0: Exactly, yeah.
2: Good news so. for me is there is no after Trek. Trek's eternal for me. Yes, absolutely. Totally. And, you
0: know, honestly, it is for us fans, too. So <laughs> yeah, that totally makes sense.
1: And hopefully they'll come out with another series soon, and we'll all get to enjoy it
0: uh, yeah, exactly. again. Yeah, exactly. Yep, exactly.
2: I, I believe they will. I believe they will. We can get to that. I won't go down that road now because I, I know you have that uh, sort of... For later in our discussion, so I'll, I'll I'll wait for that question and I'll provide some oh, comments. Awesome. Oh, awesome! Right on! Yeah, <laughs> that's well, cool. No, 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 not, not, nothing secret that sure. I know, but I, <laughs> I'm just just my comments on the whole Star Trek TV.
0: No, that's perfect. That's that's kind of what we want to do on these these uh, podcast is kind of because you know fans go to conventions. A lot of fans go to conventions, and you know they they hear all of the same Trek related stories from from former cast and crew. And they just kind of want to get to know a little bit more about um, about our uh, guests, and maybe not necessarily all Trek. Trek, of course, is why we're here, but just kind of you know your thoughts on stuff. So that's that's perfect. So we'll go ahead and talk about Trek Nation, uh, and uh, Trek Nation is going to premiere November thirtieth uh, on Science. And is that you know is that Discovery Science or is that the Science Channel? I, I kind of get conflicting stuff online.
2: You know, I know Science and. Discovery are affiliated. I, I keep saying that science, uh, Discovery owns science, but I'm not even sure if owns is the right word. But gotcha. uh, yes, they're, they're directly affiliated. They, 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 one has to do with the other. I, so, so yes, it, it is Discovery's science channel. I've said that numerous times, and no one slapped me for it. So. Okay, perfect.
0: <laughs> perfect. So yeah, you guys be sure and check that out. And we know that, that uh, Trek Nation's kind of been uh, in process for you for a while. What was the, the genesis for the documentary?
2: Oh, it was so long ago. Um, <laughs> well, you know, it, for me, for me, it's it's got a rich history. Um, if if I could make a fifteen-hour-long uh, a, a documentary, I could probably tell part of the story. Um, I was indirectly inspired by the documentary that came out called Czechies. Hmm. Um, and let me take you back a little bit further, and and I ramble, so feel free to interrupt. You know, my father passed away when I was seventeen. Um, prior to that, I, I really didn't care about Star Trek. I didn't know about it. I'd watched some Next Generation, but I didn't really get it, you know? I mean, Star Trek fans out there know what I mean when I say get it. Sure. Um, and, uh, it wasn't until after he passed away that I began to hear stories, you know, from fans and from people saying how Star Trek really uh, touched their lives and inspired them and and showed this beautiful future. And, you know, I thought it was a little mumbo-jumbo until, you know, he passed away and I started really paying attention. And meeting people whose lives were seriously and dramatically affected by star trek whether it was having a handicap and being able to perceive the world differently and and live a a happier life for it or being told as a kid they couldn't do something but then being inspired by star trek to become an astronaut or a doctor or a lawyer or whatever the case may be you know being directly influenced and inspired by star trek to to reach beyond what they perceived as limitations Sure. And that's what really got me. That's where it hit me. Um, that's why I was like, wow, a TV show. And then on top of that, you know, it was my father who created this TV show. Wow, I never knew this man. Um, and at the age of 17, you can't blame yourself for not knowing your father. He's an authority figure at that point. Right, right. Um, so I would go to conventions, and I would talk to fans, and I'd meet some of the most interesting people from all walks of life, uh, life from uh, all ethnic, social, economic backgrounds that all believed in this, this beautiful future. And then Trekkies came out. And it showed be the extreme sides of fandom. You know, it really went to sensationalize fans and say, look at all these nutjobs out there. Um, my experience with fans has been extremely positive. I have never been accosted or harassed by any fan. Now, I'm not saying that hasn't happened, and I'm not saying that doesn't happen. Right, right. Um, but I've been very fortunate where that just hasn't happened to me. And every fan I meet, no matter what their level of fanaticism is, Still, are, are plenty in touch with reality and just have a strong passion for the, the Star Trek philosophy. And so, when I saw the documentary, I was kind of bothered by this. And I said, You know what? I want to do a documentary that shows the positive sides of fandom. I want to show the diversity of fans out there who love this. And I want to show this beautiful image of this commonality of us all working towards this better future. And so, I get long winded. I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up here soon. <laughs>
0: no feel so we, free to uh, go we love, yeah, we love the, the long-winded stuff so feel free <laughs>
2: well I was at a convention and I had seen these, these uh, TV spots on TNN which was a, a station back five plus years ago and they had uh, the episodes of Next Generation running and in between commercials and the episode, they would have a little spot where one of the Next Generation cast members would come on and they wouldn't just do the typical uh, selling of the show to try to get people to watch it They would actually just be talking about the philosophy and how inspirational it was. And I was so impressed by that. I wanted to meet the people that were doing that. They were at a convention. I met them. And I started, you know, we started talking about the fans and stuff, and and the gentleman, Scott Kohlhorpe, who was producing these things, uh, said he was a a big fan of my father's, and he really wanted to do a, you know, a son searching to learn who his father was. At the time, that didn't, I can't believe I'm going to use this word, that didn't jive with me, Mm. um, because it, it just, It was weird. I never thought about doing something where I was directly in it. I wanted to show the fans. Anyhow, long story longer, uh, (laughs) thanks to him, we got together. We started doing interviews, and these interviews didn't really have a script. We were just talking to fans. We would talk to some Star Trek celebrities. We didn't really ask them all the same questions. They were all very conversational. I was going down this road of trying to show how amazing the fans are. He was going down this road of a son searching to understand who his father was. And years we bounced back and forth, and there's a lot more to it. But uh, here we are.
0: Yeah, and we have we actually heard about uh, Trek Nation. I want to say it was back in 2005. You did an interview with uh, Chase Masterson uh, on oh. a, a, a long, uh, uh, I don't want to use the word deceased, but defunct um, uh, podcast series that she was doing called The Fandom. And that was right. the first time we'd heard about it. So you'd actually been working on it for years before that then.
2: Yeah. And I, I got to say it, it's, it's not like it's been, first of all, the journey of a son searching to understand, uh, searching to find his father and understand his father. It's weird to talk about myself in that way. Sure. That, that's been ongoing since my father died. Right. And it's been going on through this entire documentary process. Um, I, I don't, I don't have a day where I don't somehow eat, breathe, drink Star Trek and my father. I mean, it's just always there, which is, it, it's a blessing. It really is. Um, But um, I'll I'll tell you, if you put it all together, how do I say this? We were just meeting up at conventions early on, doing interviews. So it was every, like, three months that uh, Scott and his production team and I, Atmosphere Pictures, uh, would meet up and shoot interviews. And then as we got more and more in the can, we would start to get a little bit more focused and and start to seek people out and go down different roads and... uh, so, I can't tell you that I've been working on it solid for 10 years, you know, that I've had pen to paper for 10 years. It's, it's been back and forth. And, and in the last five years, there's been headbutting and all sorts of things that unfortunately come up with this, with, with the production process that's just been difficult. Creative differences, all sorts of things. So, it, it took 10 years to do what should have taken maybe three.
0: Sure, but it, like, and, like you said,
2: it's evolved. and I'll point the finger at myself. I'm so sorry to interrupt. Let me point the no, no. finger at myself and say it's literally because. I would never done this before. Sure. You know, I I, I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, we didn't start with a solid script. We had a very solid idea or concept. Well, excuse me, we had a couple of ideas. And we went down that road and kind of waited for it to evolve and take its own shape, which just was more difficult than it initially sounded.
0: Yeah, it's, it's something that uh, we've been looking forward to for a long time. Not that we didn't like Trekkies, but like you said, it did kind of, Kind of skirt on the fringe of of fandom, and and to some extent poked fun at at, uh, at Trek fans. So it'll be nice to see a documentary about you know Trek fandom that's in a positive light. So we're really looking absolutely. forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So so it's coming out Dece- or, uh November thirtieth, and is there any plans for a DVD or Blu Blu ray uh, release?
2: Um, I need to say eight p.m. Okay, just, eight p.m. Everyone out for November thirtieth at eight p.m. I'm not very good at plugging things, but. Uh, this one has been been told to me over and over that if I don't get it right, I'll, I'll have hell to pay. But, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> DVD. Uh, here's what I can say is that uh, we've retained DVD rights. There somehow one day come hell or high water will be a DVD. Okay. Will it be coming out within three months of the documentary? No. Okay. No, 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 no. Um, we will. There, there's this documentary. I, I had to condense ten years my father's entire life and then the entire phenomenon of Star Trek into um, 90 minutes. Oh, wow. And when I say I, I mean the uh, production team, editing team now, which is uh, uh, New new Animal, um, had to turn that into 90 minutes. And that's, uh, there's so much left out is what I'm getting at. We've got hundreds of hours of interview footage that is good. I don't just mean crap B-roll. I mean that is good. There are so many fans and people out there and friends of the family who have not made it into this cut that I actually don't know what I'm going to say to. Mm. Um, because they, they have great stuff. Sure. And we, we just had to choose, like, a certain road and go down it. For example, I'm going to get... Uh, I think a lot of people like this, but I think I'm going to get a lot of complaints also because, you know, we don't really go into my mother. And my mother was a fascinating, amazing woman who com- contributed tremendously to Star Trek. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And not just from behind the throne, but, you know, after my father passed away, she held the torch for many years. And I don't really go into anything about her Mm. because we've tried it so many times and it opens up a can of worms. How do you just mention a few things about her? Mm. Yeah. She's in the interview. I interview her about my father. We touch on her for, you know, as far as interview time goes, like 30 seconds or a minute, and then that's it.
1: With all this footage, it's like um, maybe it needs to be a series. Yeah, exactly. It really
2: really does, and it really could be. Um, It really does, and it really could be. And I I can tell you that a lot of the reason why it it didn't go down that road is because we just spent the last four-plus years, maybe five, not being able to get a single 90-minute documentary together, let alone producing multiple um, films. But Mm. with the right team on board, right people, uh, it could easily be turned into series.
0: So when the DVD comes out, um, you'll have tons right. of, of extra footage, behind-the-scenes right. stuff. You, you've yeah. always got
2: to bring me back. You've always got to bring <laughs> me back. Good job. Um, yes. So the, the plan, the hope, uh, plan is too strong of a word at this point, but the hope is to create a DVD that has uh, a lot of extra footage and maybe even a, um, I'm not a director, but a director's cut or a special cut or a rod cut or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, that's awesome. And, and like I said, us and other Trek fans are really looking forward to this. Um, just the, the little bit that we've seen um, on the the trailers uh, from science, from the, the Science Channel. Um, it looks yeah, fantastic.
2: Science and New Animal. Um, I, I keep trying to make sure I give people credit because there are so many people involved. Right. Um, they, they really have done an amazing job. And not to beat a dead horse, but to condense all of this information into 90 Minutes, is amazing.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like a very arduous task. I mean, you guys must have days worth of, of footage, right?
2: We have days worth of footage, and, you know, uh, the, the the pain. The pain for me of, of putting this into 90 minutes, which I wouldn't say I had too much to do with this most recent cut, but the pain of some of the earlier cuts of what to cut out. I mean, people have it a lot worse on this planet. They have real pain, but I'm just saying emotional pain of sure. of what to cut. It's really horrible because... This is my first project. I, I want to make myself proud. I want to make my 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 father proud. I want to make the fans proud. Um, so just sort of looking at it from all these angles, trying to make everyone happy. I know I'm the one who needs to be happy in the end, but still, it's it's a uh,
0: yeah. It's it's kind of like going into crazy. a gold mine and and only being able to fill up one tiny pocket. So
2: that's that's well said. Yes. Yeah. That's that's
0: what it yes. sounds like to us. So you know it's it's crazy that, that Roddenberry Productions is involved in this, but you guys are also involved in tons of other stuff. You have Roddenberry dot com, and that used to be Lincoln Enterprises, right? Your parents actually started that.
2: Correct. Okay. Um, my understanding is sixty eight or sixty nine. Like oh wow! Second or third season of the original series. Um, my mother, uh, my father started it for and with my mother and some other people and. Um, Oh, God, not other people. B. Joe Trimble, I believe. was Oh, one no of kidding.
0: People. Wow, yeah. I think she
2: was involved in it. In fact, I think she kind of started it to mm. a degree. Um, anyhow, uh, yes, it's been around since then. And in early 2000, 2001, I changed the name from Lincoln Enterprises to uh, Roddenberry because that's what it should
0: be <laughs> yeah definitely and you guys you guys sell props you sell everything from there: captain's chairs uh horgons, all kinds of stuff we do so. we,
2: we have high-end items and we have uh low is not the right word but low-end items
0: sure no and it, and if you guys out there haven't checked it out i'm sure you have being star trek fans but if you haven't go to roddenberry.com check it out uh, you can also find out more information about trek nation there as well and is it uh, TrekNationMovie.com? dot com? Is that the URL it's for that? It's
2: TrekNationMovie.com. dot com. If you go to Roddenberry dot com, right now it's acting a little bit more as a portal to a lot of the other Roddenberry things going on. And gotcha. We we're, we're, we just redesigned the site. We're we're trying to keep things simple because we've all been to sites where it's like you don't even know where to go. Right. Um, so we're 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 trying out something new, and we'd love to hear back from from anyone out there if they have any thoughts. Um, but yeah. You can you can find Trek Nation. You can find the foundation. You can find the diet team. You can find all that good stuff, which we'll be talking about in a little bit.
0: Yeah, and actually, we should probably let's talk about the the foundation.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. You guys recently donated five million dollars, right, to um, the Gladstone Institute? Is that right?
2: We did. We we did. Um, that was our first major donation. the The, the Roddenberry Foundation has been around for only uh, just just over a year. Wow! No kidding. Yeah, it was something uh, that we started, of course, after my mother passed away. And um, there were there were funds that we needed to do the right thing with, and we thought uh, the foundation would be the right thing to do with them. Um, my my big push right now is that for years, the Roddenberry family, my father, has, has shown to everyone this beautiful future that we one day could live in, uh, this better life, this better humanity that we could all be. Um, I now want to put... I guess quite literally, our money where our mouth is to mm. some degree, and take the next steps to bring us to that, to that future, um, to sort of live by example in some ways. I'm, I'm extremely flawed, but to do our best and support the organizations that are on the cutting edge of innovation that are looking for long-term solutions to our planet's problems and needs. Um, and so that's, that's our drive. That's our motivation. We're now making it a reality.
1: Awesome. The, um, the main bulk of the donation went to the the stem cell and medical research division. Yes. Are they involved in, are they, are they looking for maybe cures to any, anything specifically, or is this like overall application of the, um, I think it's induced pluripotent stem cells. Is that
2: correct? Exactly. Exactly. And, and for those who don't know what that is, I'll, I'll happily go into it. But to answer your question, um, uh, w- right now, our our focus is on heart disease and Alzheimer's. Oh, okay. uh, Because those are, are, you know, heart disease is the leading cause of death. Um, I, you know, I'm not really good at statistics. I think I've heard that before. If it's not the first, I'm sure it's up in there in the top five.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then uh, Alzheimer's. We all have some personal connection to Alzheimer's sure. and dementia. Right. And uh, it it's um, again, I'm not good with statistics. They've been told to me over and over at nauseum, but uh, <laughs> there's a real crisis coming up in the next, whatever it is, 10 to 30 years um, as, as our generations, the older, as we all become older, uh, Alzheimer's is going to be more and more of a problem.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, the, the one message I want to get across to everyone, message is not the right word. One thing I want to tell everyone out there is, about stem cells is that a, a year ago, I thought stem cells were embryonic. They were from embryos. And to be honest, I still supported them then, and I won't get into the debate of pro-life versus all that right now. Uh, But the reason we really decided to move forward and move forward so heavily was because we learned of these pluripotent uh, stem cells, which are reverse-engineered human skin cells. Now, they can take an adult male or female skin cell, anything, they can reverse-engineer it into its basic stem cell form, and then redirect that stem cell to become a heart cell, a brain cell, a liver cell, any other cell of the human body.
1: That's so amazing.
2: And so no longer do we need embryos to do this. As they refine the techniques more and more, they are becoming uh, more and more identical to embryonic stem cells. And uh, they've, what, what sold me was when I went to Gladstone Institute, looked through a microscope, and saw... Um, a sheet of beating heart cells that they had taken from an adult male <laughs> skin.
0: Wow, wow, that's amazing.
2: I mean, this is really the cutting edge. Yeah, okay. They are now working for, they're looking for bioengineers to engineer um, the beginnings of organs. Wow. Now, I don't know if we're 10 years away from that or 100, because it's not easy. But, you know, in the future, we're going to be able to grow hearts, livers, muscles, everything in a jar.
1: That's so cool. It's giving me chills just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah.
2: Isn't it amazing? It yeah. is amazing, I mean, isn't yeah. that it fantastic is. that no longer there's going to be a donor list? You know, and no longer are they going to have to take uh, those drugs. Uh, what are they called? Um,
1: oh, yeah. The,
2: you know, someone,
0: the so anti-rejection. That's it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yes, yes. Uh, no longer is that going to be an issue because it will be taken from your own skin cell. Wow. And what's really cool that they're also doing there, that they, they're doing now or soon, is that the FDA takes years and years to approve drugs. And while we'll never get rid of the FDA, and it's important that they're there, they're able to take your your skin cell. If you have heart disease or liver disease, whatever the case is, they can, in a number of months, make a sheet of beating heart cells or liver, or whatever the case is. Test the drug on those cells. Oh,
3: wow. Because
2: not every drug works for every person for the same disease. <laughs> so you know they're not putting you at risk anymore and they can find the most effective drug too there may be 50 drugs for that kind of thing huh. and they can test all 50 on on your 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 own cells that are out of your body
1: that's wow. amazing
2: so i mean this that's around the corner and i think that's going to be huge in medicine
1: definitely yeah
0: it's yeah. it's crazy to think about this stuff uh, you know seeing i'm not not just this this of course being a part of it but seeing a lot of this kind of stuff kind of foretold um, through your dad's work. It's just, it's amazing to live in a time where we can actually see these things start coming around. So, and it's also yeah. amazing that you guys are able to, to, uh, to do uh, important work like that with the Roddenberry foundation.
2: Well, you know, you know what I'll give my father credit is my father always had faith in humanity. You know, he said, we're, we're, we're going to screw up and we're going to make mistakes, but he always had faith in humanity. And, and through that faith in humanity, he was able to extrapolate into the future. Mm. So that's that's where I really give him credit, in my opinion.
0: No, that's, that's absolutely true. Yeah. And so do you guys have any other planned institutes that you're going to start funding? You're probably still on the... Since you just did this one, you're probably still on the drawing board thinking about the next move for the Roddenberry Foundation. But what would you guys like to go into?
2: Well, I, I can give you a little bit because I'm very excited about it, but I, I can't give you any specifics. Um, we've We've just... Given some seed money to the X Prize Foundation. Oh, okay. I encourage everyone to go to xprize.org uh, and find out. They've got a great video that tells you what they do um, to investigate uh, a couple future X Prizes that should hopefully change our future for the better.
0: That's fantastic.
3: all I want yeah. <laughs> to say I don't want to trap myself. Sure. are yeah, no.
2: getting
0: trouble. No, that makes totally. sense, totally. Yeah, because now, currently, the X Prize is for a medical tricorder.
2: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, medical tricorder, and and hopefully soon they'll have some really big news about that. Um, we are not directly involved in that, but of course we are h- huge supporters of sure. the medical tricorder.
0: All of this kind of relates, but the the last X Prize was of course uh, civilian spaceflight, which turned into Virgin Galactic with their first ship named the Enterprise. So it all kind of yeah all kind of comes together. But uh, no, that's that's amazing. Roddenberry is involved, of course, in the production side, the foundation side, but something that's really close and dear to your heart is Roddenberry Dive. Now, how long has the actual company, Roddenberry Dive, been around?
2: Well, it's, it's, it's actually Roddenberry Dive Team, and um, it came from a passion. Uh, I'm, a, I'm an avid scuba diver. I, I just love the ocean. I love... You know, all of the corny parallels to space travel, or space travel being in space and Star Trek, you know, boldly exploring strange new underwater worlds, seeking out underwater alien life, floating in zero-G, all of that. Um, but, but the real sense of adventure and exploration really kind of excites me. And it's not just what happens underneath the water, but the kinds of people you meet traveling the world doing this. Anyhow, to answer your question, my apologies, is uh, uh, we what is it, May 30th, 2009 is kind of when we started and um we we've started as a dive club that uh, anyone can join um, of course you can go to our website Roddenberrydiveteam.com. but um, it, it's really we're trying to do something a little bit different where every event that we have it, it's not always just diving it's it's something, it's always we're, we're keeping it broad having to do with the environment and protecting our planet there's a lot of overlap between Roddenberry stuff because it's always about the future and making it a better place so it's not a 501c3 because we already have the foundation for that, but this is really sort of um, just get out and explore your world. I hate to—that's Discovery's line, but we want people to appreciate the planet and explore new things. And if that means just taking a, a walk around your block in a different direction that you've never gone before, great—that's that's exploring life. Do it. Um, it doesn't have to be diving or jumping out of an airplane, but just uh, sort of sort of saying—and I'm—I think that's the wrong way, but. but Get off the couch and go check out the planet. <laughs> um, so that's what we try to do.
0: Sure, and that makes sense. You get people out and involved; they kind of take ownership with their environment and would have more respect for it. So that that makes sense.
2: If the cavemen never left their cave, we wouldn't have evolved as a species. They right. wouldn't have stepped out. They wouldn't have learned things. They would have made mistakes. We wouldn't be where we are today. So life is all about experiences, and we just—it sounds stupid because I know a lot of people have experiences in life, but we want to just continue to encourage that and do something new. The best quote I ever got, which I wish I could say I live by this every day, but I try to, is do something that scares you every day. Mm. That doesn't mean, again, jumping out of an airplane. That might mean making eye contact with a stranger, calling that uh, girl at uh, at the work that works across from you that you've never said hi to, but you think is cute. Whatever the case (laughs) is, do something that scares you every day. And I think that's how you grow as a person.
0: Absolutely.
1: I like that one. I hadn't heard that.
0: Yeah, that's great.
2: Yeah. Again, I, I can't say I do it every day, but I, I
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who can, right?
1: Well, what scary thing did right. you do today? Yeah. <laughs> he called us.
0: Oh, Come that's on. A good question. <laughs> did I do anything scary
2: today? <laughs> Uh-oh. I might, I'm going to have to go do something. Uh, this interview. You've got a scary. few hours left. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of admitting my weaknesses on the air. So, sure. You know, <laughs> as no, a that's film great. Maker.
0: Um, so Roddenberry Dive, the Roddenberry Dive team, I should say, uh, you you guys actually go on uh, pretty regular dives. And I've seen that you've had other uh, Trek uh, actors or, or people associated with Trek, like Tim Russ, uh, go on these dives with you. Uh, who else have you had to go along with you on these dives?
2: Uh, we're trying to get some more—God, uh, I, I, I don't want to say their names in case it doesn't happen, but there's, there's two other Star Trek celebrities that we've got— Lined up to become certified. Tim Russ was already certified. Mm. Um, Kelly Hu, who, who is not a Star Trek actor, uh, but she was a uh, Lady Deathstrike in X Men. Right. Um, she came out and she was certified. Um, God, who else? Who else? I'm trying to figure out who else came out with us. But uh, we're, we're trying to get a number of celebrities out there certified, and uh, we want them just to be with us so they can encourage people to. to you know, explore our planet and preserve it and give some unique perspective on why they're out there diving, why they love the ocean.
1: That's cool. That's cool. Um, you guys do a cleanup initiative with the, the dive team, right?
2: We do. We have a contest, uh-huh. a yearly contest. Oh, it's
1: yearly. Okay.
2: Well, divers, once you become a diver, you actually sort of gain an appreciation for the ocean. It's like, it's like anyone who becomes a mountaineer or, or hikes a lot. You know, they, they, they appreciate the environment they're in divers are no different, but we we have a contest where it's not just for divers, but anyone underwater or above, by a water source, whether it's a a dry riverbed or a beach or whatever the case is, you pick up a piece of trash, you photograph it, you submit it to the NAWI website, which the information's on our website, and I can give you all that later, um, and you're automatically entered to win uh, a prize that month. Then you're also automatically entered to win a grand prize at the end of the year. We just gave away our grand prize. The mm. monthly prize was a mask, fin, and snorkel set um, every month. Someone would win one. Uh, at the end of the year, we had three grand pro- well, we had one grand prize and two sub-grand prizes, if that makes any sense. Uh, <laughs> one was a, uh, a dive in the Epcot tank, um, oh, wow. which Florida Epcot Center has a, a big Living Seas tank, mm. an 8-million-gallon tank, and it is an amazing experience to go diving in there. The other one uh, was a, uh, a Roddenberry Dive Team parka, a very nice parka that you could use just for warmth or after diving, whatever the case is. And the grand, grand prize was a trip to Hawaii for two people for five days. Oh, all wow. Expenses included, or all airfare and accommodations included. Mm. So, um, you know, thanks to, well, here's me giving credit to uh, TUSA, the Oahu Visitors Bureau. Uh-oh, who am I leaving out? Um, Naui. And if I think of the other one, I'll tell you later.
0: And you guys actually, we saw, I guess this was uh, around the time that you launched Rodden, the Roddenberry Dive Team, but you guys actually sell wetsuits that are inspired by um, the original series tunics. Um,
2: and We do. I mean, yeah, sorry, go
0: ahead. No, I was just going to say, and you can, if anyone is interested out there, you can check those out at the uh, Roddenberry Dive Team website. Um, but uh, yeah, it's really interesting. It looks like the gold, the uh, the blue, and the, the red. Of course... I, I would be kind of leery, and I'm sure you've heard this a <laughs> thousand so times, the red ones, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would be kind of leery to wear the red one. Have you, have you guys sold many of the red ones?
2: Um, it's funny. Yeah, well, we haven't sold too many of any of them, frankly, but we have a couple red ones out there that uh, we've used, and everyone comes back, I guarantee. You. <laughs> Perfect. In fact, we have a yearly dive called the Red Shirt Dive, which oh, that's is good. a little bit more of an advanced dive, but we don't make it too depthifying. defying We really we do <laughs> want to bring everyone back. So
0: <laughs> That's great, yeah. So, yeah, so is that com Is that the website? Or yeah, I
2: Roddenberrydiveteam.com. Okay. And, again, you can find links to it on the uh, com website.
0: Gotcha. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so I think what we want to do now is kind of talk about, of course, Star Trek. Um, I don't know if you've been asked this before, but what what's your first memory or experience of Star Trek? I know it's been there your entire life, but what's the mo- what's what's a poignant moment that you can really recall uh, as being your first yeah. experience?
2: We'll, well ask. Will ask, because I I can't, it's hard to remember which one, but there's one that really sticks out that's warm and fuzzy inside to me. Um, And that's being, I'm guessing, somewhere six, seven, eight. Uh, In our old house, in the bathroom of my father's office in the old house, he had a uh, uh, eight millimeter projector Mm. and had reels of the Star Trek bloopers and would play against a piece of white cardboard um uh you know the the star trek blooper reel and i'd watch it over and over thinking it was the funniest thing remember this was, a, this was before <laughs> i really even got star trek but uh, he would come in and play that for me and i'd turn out the lights and just sit there on the floor looking up as it was on the uh, the countertop and just watch this and that's that's my warm and fuzzy memory of uh star trek with my father
0: well, that's great yeah, and so yeah. You, you didn't actually, like you said earlier, you you really didn't come to understand Star Trek and your dad's vision until after he passed away. Now, did you get a deeper understanding creating the documentary, or was this something that just kind of evolved after he passed away?
2: No, absolutely. I mean, you have no idea. I, the um, you know, I rebelled against my father, and I rebelled against Star Trek indirectly. Sure. Because anything he had anything to do with, I instantly ran the other direction uh so again when he passed away and I, I heard those stories you know i was compelled driven to learn more about star trek him fandom the phenomenon everything and um of course before the documentary and after i've learned a tremendous amount but during you know when i was actively seeking out who am i going to talk to who you know one of the things we wanted to do is we wanted to get a diverse group of interviewees sure and find out who. So we talked to uh, a Playboy Bunny who likes Star Trek. We talked to Dennis Rodman who oh, likes wow. Star Trek. <laughs> uh, Rob Zombie has made it in the cut. Um, I, I wanted to find people who you wouldn't think were Star Trek fans and show them as Star Trek fans. And, you know, we, we did not interview, but we found a, a, I forgot his name, but a Kansas Chiefs football player. Um, there's politicians. Uh, the Dalai Lama is apparently a Star Trek fan. The oh, wow. Prince, of, huh. Prince of Jordan is a Star Trek fan. So we were seeking out to try to get all these people who, were, who, who admired Star Trek and interview them and say, why do you like Star Trek? And, um, and it was through those people that I really sort of got this well-rounded perspective of, of Star Trek its philosophy. And then all the different people in my father's life who worked with him and knew him, including fans. And I got so many different perspectives of my father that if I could take them all together, there was sort of a well-rounded uh, view of who he was. And I, I looked for people who who didn't have the best relationship with him. I didn't want to do a fluff piece on Gene Roddenberry. Sure. Annie has a great biography on Gene Roddenberry. You should see it. Um, but I wanted to find out who the man, the myth was, the man behind the myth was to to some degree. And so I, I got some pretty uh, strong stories that were great to hear. You're going to get me rambling again. I've already been doing it. <laughs> we love it. Sorry. Yeah. No, that's great. Well, here I go down one road. Um, one of the, the objectives, for me personally at least, was to humanize my father. Mm. After he passed away, um, you know, I learned all of this about him, and I heard genius, visionary, great bird of the galaxy, you know, he's put so high up on this pedestal that, that when someone is, is that high up, you can't identify with them. A son cannot identify with a father who's been painted as a Greek god. Right. And so it, I was almost driven to a degree to find out um, negative things about him. Because as a son, I also knew an element of him that, you know, he, he wasn't the best father. I wasn't the best son, but he certainly wasn't the best father. Mm. And so I really wanted to find his faults and flaws and, and follies. And uh, I got some of those. And doing that humanized him. It brought him down to a level where I could make eye contact. He was in, within grasp, and, and I could love him more, believe it or not, because of this, because he wasn't this mythical figure. He was an amazing, he was a human being who had all these faults, but still did this amazing thing. He had an amazing vision. That's a real human being. Right. We screw up constantly, but doesn't mean we're not great.
0: No, that's that's so. great. Yeah, wow. No, it's, that's that's actually the kind of stuff that people love to hear. So don't feel like you're you're rambling, because that's that's really uh, powerful.
2: Well, you get me excited about this stuff. I've been living <laughs> with this for so long, obviously, and I'm very passionate, if you can tell. And um,
0: That's good. That's what Star yeah. Trek needs, though. It needs that passion, for sure. And you actually recently interviewed, I guess I say recently, probably within the last couple of years, for... Uh, trek nation you got to talk to jj abrams um, the director of the the new trek movie and i'm guessing you've seen obviously you've seen the new star trek what were your thoughts on that
2: i really liked it um i you know there was there was a lot of all the hardcore fans first of all they don't like the new timeline well i got to give them credit for taking the new timeline because there's other producers in hollywood that would have said you know what i don't care what's done in the past this is a new star trek Mm -hmm. so i'm rewriting history uh, I really have to give credit to uh, uh, Roberto Orsi and Alex Kurtzman, the, the gentleman who wrote it, um, for, for respecting Star Trek's canon and history and, um, and thank them for doing that. So I like the new timeline because the diehards can say, you know what, I like the original timeline. And the newbies can say, well, I like the new one. So that's, that's great. Yeah, um,
0: absolutely, and that's kind of how we feel too. It wasn't really a loaded question because we dig the new movie as well, and really, that's what sold it for me was that it was an yeah. alternate timeline. So that was uh, yeah. that was the only way they could head that that uh, that fans could embrace. And honestly, from our experience talking to other fans and being at conventions and covering conventions, the the reaction to the movie is almost all positive. I'm sure there's there's a vocal minority that doesn't like the movie, but for the most part, that's what we've uh, what we've heard. So. And when did you guys actually? When did you? When did you sit down with JJ and talk about uh, talk about your dad and talk about uh, Trek Nation?
2: Um, a couple of months after the movie came out. Okay. And uh, he was a delight to talk to, and he was very honest, and he was very complimentary, um, and, and, and not in a um, he wasn't just doing it for the camera. I mean, he he came across very genuine and uh, really seemed to answer my questions as opposed to just feed me uh, lines promoting it so he seemed like a very genuine down-to-earth guy that's great and i've also had the privilege of um, getting to know roberto orsi and alex kurtzman the writers um, who have written a ton right now and they are fans they're on when i say your side they're on our side they're on Mm -hmm. the fan side they they really want to pay tribute and they really highly respect the vision and the philosophy of star trek so um for the next movie, I, I have no doubts that it will be as good, if not better. Yeah, we're really stoked yeah, about that's that, cool.
1: too. I, I like hearing that, too, though. That's That makes me hopeful for the next movie.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, these aren't Hollywood executives that are just doing it for a buck. That's great.
0: So you actually, you're, your dad sold the rights to Star Trek in the mid-'80s. How involved um, are you guys in current productions? And even into, you know, DS9 and Voyager, how how involved was Roddenberry Productions in that?
2: Well, I'm going to derail you for just a moment okay. because I found out not too long ago that i have been telling a story wrong for many years. Um, my, my father sold Star Trek to Paramount in the 60s.
3: Mm.
2: Um, okay. Like any producer these days, uh, if, if you come in without too much power, as he didn't really have back then, you, you basically give all your rights over to the studio. You could retain certain rights, some creative control and whatever you can negotiate into your contract. But especially nowadays, you, you lose everything. So in the 60s, in the initial contract between him and, uh, I guess, Desilu and NBC and all that, he, he gave over all rights um, but retained some creative control. As the years went on and as the new movies got made, there were new contracts made where he would have to give away certain other rights and then he got others in return. Long story short, bottom line is when he passed away, all creative control. Everything died with him. Mm, um, wow. the fa- I'm not going to lie. The family does get uh, 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 money. Uh, certainly not like Lucas does, but sure. we're, we're 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 doing okay. <laughs> um, but we have had no involvement in anything. Um, again, I've got to give credit to uh, JJ's team for reaching out to us when when he was brought on board to do the new movie. He he just wanted to he just wanted to let us know he was doing it, get our approval kind of looking that's for cool. your
0: blessing then i guess is what he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense no that's great so that was very sweet of him yeah absolutely because that i mean it's something that he didn't have to do so that's really no so
2: cool. he absolutely didn't but uh it was it was great of him to do
0: yeah absolutely yeah so you know i really appreciate you taking the time uh to talk to us tonight and we always end um, our Life After Trek episodes, uh, asking uh, a question that we think it's probably been asked several times, but what we're hearing is that it hasn't. Now, I don't know if you've watched a lot of Star Trek, but do you have a, a favorite episode um, out of all the series?
2: I am a Next Generation Man. Okay. I, I do love the original as well, but I, my, my generation was the next generation. Sure. And um, I, I really have to say I love the Data episodes. There was a website. Uh, in fact, we weren't going to talk about it, but um, Quester. We were we were hopefully going to redo Quester. We right. don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, but we were working with Imagine Entertainment to do that. And I wanted to do some research because obviously the the Data uh, the character of Data came from Quester, and so I just wanted to go look at that character. And uh, there was a great website that listed like all the Data episodes, and I just spent hours just in love with every single episode. I've seen them all, but just watching them over again was just wonderful. I, re- I highly recommend just do a Google search for, like, data episodes and then just go watch those ones. They're just awesome episodes. Absolutely,
0: um, yeah. Yeah, Brent Spiner, it, to use, a, like, a, a you know, not a great uh, term for it, but he killed it. He just <laughs> killed yeah. that character. I mean, absolutely no, loved he, it.
2: He, he did. And, in fact, every time that we were talking about, you know, what quest, the new Quester would be like, I could never get uh, Brent out of my mind.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and for the folks that don't know out there, Quester was a, uh, it's actually the Quester Tapes was what it was called originally, um, was a pilot that your dad did that ended up becoming a TV movie. Is that right?
2: Um, Yes, it was a TV pilot, a two-hour pilot, and he was using it to hopefully sell the concept. And unfortunately at the time, which was 74, 76, something like that, uh, it, it not enough people tuned in, and it wasn't good enough, so it never got picked up, and it never happened.
0: And that was kind of a, a, a pilot, or a, a. It's a good thing I can edit this stuff. Is all I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> it was something that was really close to his heart. Like I think you were quoted as saying one time that it was the one that got away for your dad.
2: Yep. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it really was the one that got away. Um, he, you know, there's something called. The Roddenberry character, and of course right now I term everything Roddenberry. Um, call it Gene Roddenberry, whatever. My father had these characters, and I, I try to incorporate them now. Um, where they're the ones that are not human, but end up showing us our humanity. Mm. And it was Spock, it was Data, it's the hologram Doctor, it's Seven of Nine, um, it's all of those characters that that all make us reflect upon ourselves and appreciate and learn what it is to be human. And those are are crucial to any Roddenberry project.
0: Absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's it's funny to see society and humanity in a mirror told through science fiction, and it's almost almost makes it more palatable for a lot of people. Yeah, and your dad had a, a magic a magic way of doing that. So he really yeah. did. Yeah, absolutely. You know, again, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. It was an absolute pleasure. Um, and, again, for the folks out there, Trek Nation is going to premiere November 30th at 8 p.m. on Science <laughs> Channel. And you can check yeah. out all the stuff that, that the Roddenberry team is involved with uh, through com. You said that's kind of a portal for everyone, right?
2: Yeah, at the very least, go check out the trailer, either at com or TrekNationMovie.com. com.
0: Absolutely. And, uh
2: You don't have to be a Star Trek fan to watch this. This is uh, it is about the phenomenon of Star Trek, but it's also a father and son story.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we're really looking forward to it. Kind of sitting, waiting on pins and needles (laughs) for a while to get get a hold of this. So, but
2: it it took so long, but I'm glad to finally got it.
0: (laughs) No, that's from what it sounds like, you've got a lot of stuff that you could release over time. So we're we're really excited that that kind of stuff's getting archived and cataloged. Um, So yeah, that's great. Again, thanks a lot for joining us. Thank you very
1: much.
2: Well, thank you for the opportunity. This is uh this is really helpful for me. So and it's really really nice to get out there and kind of share a little bit about my father. Thank you.
0: Yeah, no, thank you. It was a pleasure.
2: Cool. Take care, guys.
0: So that was episode sixteen of Subspace Communique's Life After Trek. I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, episode as much as we did. We had a blast talking to Rod. and He was a a really great sport to spend some time with us and talk about all the things that are going on in the Roddenberry universe. Uh, Of course, you guys can check out Trek Nation. It premieres November 30th on Science at 8 p.m., and and that's 8 p.m. Eastern and Pacific. You can learn more about the movie at treknationmovie.com. You can also check out everything Roddenberry at com. That includes links to Roddenberry Foundation, the Roddenberry Dive Team, and, of course, uh, Roddenberry Productions. If you guys haven't been to our website, it's subspacecommunicate.com. You can also check us out on Twitter. That's uh, twitter.com slash subspacecoms, as well as Facebook, com slash subspacecoms. We'd like to give a, a shout-out to a couple podcasts that we dig. Uh, of course, the Sci-Fi Diner uh, podcast. That's Miles and Scott. They put on a fantastic show and you can check them out at the sci-fi diner podcast.com. We'd also like to say Hey to Damon and everyone over at geek fights. Thanks for, uh, for plugging our show and, and our website and be sure and check them out at dot net. We have another interview lined up. We don't want to give away the guest just yet, but uh, hopefully we'll be bringing that to you guys very soon. And it's a very special guest. We really look forward to bringing that to you. And until next time, live long and prosper.